Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. And today I've got another interview, bringing a lot of interviews to you lately, and I think we're going to continue that. Uh, we'll definitely still do the solo episodes, but just uh, as I get into this, and, and the podcast is pulling up on uh, three years in April, believe it or not, we're just getting a lot of momentum and we're getting a lot of great guests, and I'm uh, meeting a lot of good people, uh, talking to a lot of good chiropractors, getting a lot of good information from a lot of people. And as that's happening, I'm, I'm stumbling upon great guests and sometimes folks that you don't don't really expect. And, and today, I'm actually interviewing not only the wife of a chiropractor, kind of the office manager of, of the practice. She does coaching. Uh, she works with chiropractors. She's really great at systems. And uh, she just does so much for the practice. And this is Krista Kippenberger and her husband, Kurt. They uh, practice together. She's not a chiropractor. He is. And uh, they've just got a very well-run, thriving practice. And they, they run one of those practices where you can see volume and do it the right way. I mean, they've got everything from the clinic gym model going. Uh, they do a lot of the SFMA and FMS, uh, just high quality of care with with pretty substantial numbers and a very organized and, and systematized practice. And it's just going very well. And we have a nice interview and we actually talk about two main topics. We definitely dive into systems stuff, and that's her specialty, and, and she's the one that's done a lot of the implementing that into their practice and helping other uh, chiropractors do some of that also. But then we also talk about you know, uh, having your, your situation be that two spouses or significant others are uh, in the same practice, be it one is a chiropractor, one is not, or both our chiropractors. And so we dive into some of the pros and cons and nuances of that type of scenario. So we, we have a nice conversation on those two topics. Really, the, the theme is, is the systems part of it. But I, I felt like it was a great time to have that conversation as well, because I get a lot of chiropractors. I know, I think I'm coaching three right now that are like that, uh, where it's the husband and wife working together in the same practice, whether they're both DCs or one is and one is not. So we, we touch on some of the nuances of that. Before we dive into that interview, I want to remind you, we've got a great event coming up. The, the Motion Palpation Institute is having their Master Series Sports Summit. And this is going to be everything around the lumbar spine and really dive into that. And that's March 28th and 29th in Chicago. It's at the National University of Health Sciences there in Lombard, uh, Illinois. And you can sign up for that at www.mpicourses.org. And you got great speakers there. You got Dr. Mark King, you got Corey Campbell, Brett Winchester. Uh, we've got David Seaman speaking about nutrition, Rich Ohm, Jason Holm, uh, different last names, Ohm and Holm. <laughs> you got both of them. And you uh, you just got a, a great lineup of doctors that are going to be there helping you really just dive into the lumbar spine. And you're going you're gonna to get everything from palpation adjusting, some functional assessments and DNS work with Brett. You're going to get some soft tissue. There's also going to be nutrition 
obviously with, with Dr. Seaman, and then you're also going to get some business and gro- practice growth. I went last year. I loved it. I wish I could go this year. Unfortunately, it's too close to the due date. I wish it wasn't close to the due date. I'm not unfortunate that I have a due date. I'm really excited about the baby coming in early mid-April, but I, I'm kind of giving myself a, a travel ban uh, after Parker Vegas, so I won't be doing any traveling for a little bit until uh, we have our baby. So I can't make it this year. I was able to be a part of it and, and speak at theirs last year and attend. I'll be there next year. So I highly recommend it. Again, that's www.mpicourses.org. You don't want to miss it. You're going to learn a lot of great information. So hope you enjoyed that. And without further ado, here is my interview with Krista. All right, Krista, we got you on the on the podcast. Uh, I know you and I have talked before, and obviously, I know Kurt pretty well. Give us yeah. a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally, and then we'll dive into a couple of exciting topics. Sure. So I'm Krista Kippenberger. I am the wife of Dr. Kurt Kippenberger. And 10 years ago, we opened Focus on Health Chiropractic and have done it together ever since. And I still am very involved in the practice Personally, I am a mother. I am very involved in our community. And yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's that's a lot. That's a lot. It is, <laughs> it is a lot. It's a lot more than the 30 seconds it takes to say it, right? Yes, right. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to we're going to touch on two main things today and we'll kind of just uh, go around from that, but um, one of the things I wanted to jump right out of the gates with, you know, obviously you're the the wife of of a chiropractor and uh, that's a common theme. I think we could kind of talk about it in two ways. Is one is one is a chiropractor, one is not, but really does a lot of the uh, office work and kind of oversee things and some of the yep. community outreach and all that. And then you also ties into the same bucket in a lot of ways. You'll get the husband wife or uh, you know spousal partnership that is. Uh, both chiropractors. And so yes. you see it both ways. I think we can kind of just touch on on your dynamic and then be able to, the folks that are out there that are both chiropractors in the same practice, they can kind of extrapolate out. But uh, yeah. let's, let's touch on that a little bit. So what are some of the things that you see? So you opened up the practice kind of together 10, 10 years ago. Let's start. What's your role in the practice? So I was everything at first. So, you know, we could not afford to hire anyone at first. And so I was front desk. I was biller. I was his chiropractic technician. I was the rehab therapist. I was everything that he needed me to be as far as helping in the office. And as we got bigger and we were able to, you know, hire on some people uh, I started giving some of those jobs away. Uh, first was that rehab position where, you know, I didn't love touching people. That made me not a chiropractor. <laughs> yes. And so <laughs> I gave that one away really quickly. And then I obviously am not very good at billing either. And so I started giving that one away. And as I just started giving the the jobs that I didn't love, and Kurt said, you don't, the jobs you don't like, you give away. I'm like, I know exactly. Like, shouldn't that be your, your position is to find people who are stronger than you to put in those positions so that you can really do what you are good at. And what I'm really good at is I'm a people person who needs to be out in the community as our face and as marketing. 
And it's funny that when I'm out in the community, people will say, well, aren't you the doctor? Or they'll come in and with their new patient appointment and they'll say, oh, I was expecting Krista. And Kurt will say, oh, well, she's not the doctor. And... (laughs) That's funny. And, yeah, they probably you're probably like, uh, well, you can come and introduce yourself and do a little bit of the uh, communication, and then maybe transfer from there. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, he's like, you probably don't want her in here treating you. <laughs> she, doesn't like, like, yeah. to she doesn't like to touch. She doesn't like to touch people. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, don't tell them that part of it. But yeah, that's totally. <laughs> So I've gotten to know you two and your practice uh, over the past year, which has been fun. And you guys have a very, very involved practice, very busy, very uh, well-developed. And I think one of the things that you guys have done well has been systems. Can you kind of touch on your role in helping develop the systems in the practice? Yeah, I feel like that is one of my strengths is I love to look at things kind of 3,000, 30,000 feet up, like... Mm -hmm what does it look from what's not working and let's get it, get it going in a way that we can. I love that Kurt and I are very different personalities. He is a very detailed person and um, needs things just right. And I'm a very, what we call high D, you know, a dreamer. I can see things in the future. And so that keeps us very much um, balanced where he can say, "Mm, you didn't think about this. And I can say, Oh, you need this system for that. Mm -hmm. And so we, we balance each other very well. So he'll say something in a meeting like, okay, we need this to get an insurance on file for patients to check out. Mm -hmm. Well, then how do you do that? And that's where I'm like, okay, so front desk, you have to get a form where then they can fill out their, their insurance or excuse me, their credit card information. They can have a signature on file and then they can leave. And those are the details that I'm good at is putting something like that into place. That's perfect. And it's, it seems like you guys are functioning and your unique abilities like strategic coach would talk about. They're actually interesting too. They're uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but that's the coaching group that I've been a part of for six years. And they have a similar situation where Dan Sullivan's kind of the, let's call it the talent in the sense where the, the company was built around his his knowledge and skill set. So obviously, you know, you, the practice exists because Kurt is a chiropractor. Right. And so, and, and not to, to discount your involvement with it, but obviously you got to have a chiropractor <laughs> yeah. to have a chiropractic practice. So there's that. And then Dan Sullivan's wife really runs the, the business component, the systems component, and really makes sure that they actually have a <laughs> sustainable business around it. Because like we're finding in a lot of chiropractic practices, unfortunately, is just because you are a chiropractor and you have the license doesn't mean you're able to run a business around it. And so that's kind of what it seems like is happening with you. Not to say that Kurt wouldn't have a business without you, but he's already made mention to me many times how valuable you are in actually turning it into a, a thriving business that allows him to function in his unique abilities as a chiropractor. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like they went to school to be a chiropractor, to be a doctor, let them do what they're good at, you know, again, use their strengths. And I feel like as much as he wants to be in the know of what's happening up front, he also doesn't want to be in the know. He just wants to know that things are going well, patients are getting taken care of and systems are in place. You know, that's what he wants to know. And I I don't think that a chiropractor can do both with being an office manager and being 
um, a doctor because it lends themselves to the do- the patient or excuse me the uh, employee kind of confused like can I talk to you now about vacation and Kurt's like are you kidding me I'm treating patients no I I cannot deal with you know either office drama or office vacations or something like that yeah definitely and that's one of the things that I try to get chiropractors understand is they're not always going to have a situation necessarily where their significant other can can run the other side of the practice, but we need to get our business functioning to the point where there is some profit to where they can reinvest in somebody that could fill those types of roles to allow them to, uh, you know, function in their skill set. And that's uh, one of the obvious benefits of maybe having a, uh, a partner that can definitely do that for you. So I want you to spotlight some of the other positives of a scenario where it's, uh, you know, two significant others in the same practice, either whether it's one is a chiropractor, one's not, or both are. What are some of the positives in this scenario? That you're both kind of working for the same goal and that you can can make goals together. I think that that is one of the benefits of our relationship and how we have fun sometimes is like dreaming about what focus on health could be, vision casting about what focus on on health can be. And that's one of the benefits. I also think another benefit is we never run out of things to talk about. That's true. (laughs) Which could also also go into the con category we'll talk about in a minute, right? Right, right. And so I, you know, we have never had a problem where we're like, just stop talking about it. Like we're very, very passionate. It was our first baby. And so we'll talk about our first baby before we'll even talk about our kids sometimes just because that's what interests us. And I just, I think that it also, we we grow so much every year of of trying to be the best versions of ourselves. Like, Okay, so that wasn't a very good management decision. How can we go up from there? What leadership can we learn from that? What lessons can we learn? And so it just continues to keep growing us, which if if you're in a marriage for a while, it can get boring. And I just, that is not us. That's good. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Perfect. Constantly, yes. Yeah, I mean, the communication is great. And, and having someone, I think another benefit would be that you have ownership mentality, right? It's just, and that's the thing is like, you can get a, an office manager uh, and hopefully you get someone that's batteries included and has an ownership mentality, but the ultimate in ownership mentality is when it's yours. Right. And, and when you, yes. And there's so many times I say that when I'm talking to people, I'm like, okay, let me like put on my owner's hat as yeah. well and tell you this. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Cause that's what it is. It's, it's your practice. It's his practice. It's yours together. And, and being able to uh, have that ownership mentality in a, in a partner is really helpful in growing anything, you know? And then, Let's let's go to the flip side of the coin, right? Like, what are some of the potential <laughs> things that uh, couples need to wor- worry about or just look out for in these types of scenarios? Sure, and uh, I think as we first started the business, when we were kind of waiting for uh, our business to get bigger and busier, we were on top of each other, basically at the front desk. He would come up and and hang out, and I'd be like, "Get." out of my hair. Are you kidding? Like, and, and so we were not a great fit to work together. And I'll tell people that a lot. Like we could not work together if it was just him and I still like, I love that we have other employees that can lend an ear to when 
you know, one of us need to vent. Maybe Kurt isn't that person I need to vent to. I need to vent to my office manager or someone else outside of the practice because he was, him and I at first just did not jive well. I came from a, a teaching aspect and he came from selling bikes at Waltz mm-hmm. Fitness. And, and so we just had a very different mentality of how business should go. And that was kind of hard at first. That makes sense. That can definitely be a challenge, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Anything else we should look out for? Um, I think, again, going back to knowing each other's strengths and the skills that they have, one another has, you know, I can't do everything in this practice yeah. and I don't pretend to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I am very much, um, I, I very much respect that Kurt has opinions on things that I don't really know about. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll be able to step back and say, okay, you handle this issue because that's you. And he can say the same with me, like you handle that because that's more your skill set. And so just knowing each other's background of skills, whether you're taking a, a disc profile or an Enneagram or whatever one you want to take, but knowing that personality, and it also helps me bring him problems. Like he is not a person where when he rocks right in the door, I should say, Hey, guess what happened today? Yeah. Like he needs 20 minutes to like, Hey, I need to like warm up and then I'll start talking to you mm-hmm. first. And mm-hmm. I've just had <laughs> 30 micro conversations today. I don't need, you know, you here as well. So um, yeah, but like knowing that I bring a problem to him and give him time to think about it and not say, I have to have the answer right now. Um, that's just his personality. He has to gather information before he can give me an answer. That makes sense. And I think um, I think I can speak to another potential things that that, uh, that our audience needs to to look out for, or it's just a reality of it, whether it's good nor, or bad. But, you know, if you've got a significant other that's working for the practice, obviously that's um, some payroll that your practice is going to take on uh, versus maybe the uh, the other opportunity would be if the spouse was working for another business, making an income. So, you know, you made it, you may determine that the both parties need to have an income. Now you got to make sure that the practice can actually sustain that. And it's not one of those scenarios where you're just providing your significant other with a job that you really, like the company really can't afford, but you're doing it anyway, just for, you know, obvious reasons. Two great things are happening right now for Parker Seminars Las Vegas. You can still get early bird pricing, but it ends soon. And you could be entered for a chance to win a VIP package that includes three hotel nights stayed during the seminar at the Paris Hotel. You'll also receive a VIP badge that gets you access to reserved seating in the main hall, front of the line access for photo and autograph opportunities, and exclusive access to the Parker Alumni Lounge. Go to parkerseminars.com and choose the Las Vegas button to register now. That's parkerseminars.com. So Right, and we did that first starting out as well. Like we didn't really know what a bank loan looked yep. like and should we have paid ourselves so much and no, like that was not the right answer. We should have paid as little as we could to have kept money in the practice, but that's I think another you know, entrepreneurs taking money out of their practice too soon is also another subject in conversation. Yeah, for sure. But I guess the the benefit too is that with the hard work and the two people with the ownership mentality and really getting on the same page is that you really can expedite the process of success, I would say, or, pra- or practice yes. success. So you just got to, you know, as long as 
but I guess that also takes a level of honesty and communication, right? If one person's not holding up their end of the bargain, you got to be able to call them on their BS, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that can be difficult. Like even with employees, you know, like calling them on that, you're, you're now the employee, you are now the, the boss. And so calling, calling me out maybe was probably hard for him to say, Oh, not exactly how I want you to do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. Um, all right, perfect. That's, that's great information. I want to segue into kind of the second topic. And before we do, I just want to make sure the audience knows that, you know, you do coaching and you can touch on that as much or as little as you'd like as we transition to the next topic. So this is something that you have okay. a skill set in. This isn't just, uh, you know, us talking in theory, <laughs> you right. do this and help out other people. So that's great. Uh, and, and, and it's a topic that your practice has done very successfully. And I've talked to some other chiropractors that have done it very successfully, but I've also talked to very, very many chiropractors that have not been able to do this. And it's really that, uh, that just, it creates a real roadblock if you can't make this transition, but it's the topic of having rehab, corrective exercise, exercise, whatever you want to call it, uh, in your practice, but getting to the point where you can delegate it out to somebody else that's going to do it and not the doctor per se, because what I'm finding, and I know you you talk to a lot of chiropractors where they're spending too much time doing the exercises, not getting paid enough. I'm not overly... I'm not against chiropractors doing the rehab as long as they have right. a exit strategy out of it and or they're getting paid very well to do it because otherwise you're spending a lot of time uh, for not enough money, whereas someone else could do that and do it well as long as, like you mentioned earlier, we have the systems in place. So let's let's dive into that topic and I'll kind of let you go from here and then we'll just converse on it, okay? Sure, sure. So I really think, and just touching back on why would a doctor not want to hire a rehab tech? And I'm and I'm talking about if you can afford yep. it. There are some doctors who may not trust that a rehab tech would do it exactly how they would want it. And I think that we have gotten to a point where we hire people with a background of, you know, exercise phys, personal training, some type of movement-based program that really makes them interested in wanting to learn physical therapy assistant, you know, wanting to learn the different exercises to be able to teach the patient. So I think if you have a rehab mind first, we can train that moving forward as, as a doctor might think, well, how could I train someone from the ground up? You don't necessarily have to get someone maybe with a little bit of experience who can help in that way. And that's, but the other, that's yeah, what we did is we, we actually, and this is something that some, not everybody's gonna have the opportunity to do, but we have a local university that's around us that uh, has an exercise right. science, exercise physiology program, and they actually have to do a 400 hour internship. Yes. Yeah. And so one or two ways you can look at it is we're part of the internship program and you could get a part of that to where you have a like three a year. What I, I was doing that, I still do that. And then one of them was really good and I needed a rehab tech. So I hired her. She's still with me to this day. It's been a couple of years that she's been on board and, and that's been our kind of source for that potential uh, employee. That's good. And then you can even try them out before exactly. you, you know, 
hire them and, and get their personality and get how good they do with the patients and do they take care of people and, and all of that. Yeah. And we just put together a good training program for it. So like for a little bit, I, yeah, like you said, I use it as, as definitely as kind of a talent acquisition, but also as a long job interview. And if the person was not necessarily good enough to hire, but they were good at the internship, we trained them well enough where they could do a lot of that as we oversaw it. Uh, and then once I did find that good one, I was able to cherry pick them and, and hire them. And I also think a rehab tech can see things that maybe the doctor not necessarily has missed, but you know, when you're getting a different personality with that patient, they may share something with the rehab tech that they forgot to share with the doctor or the rehab tech said, you know, I noticed this, that they were favoring this ankle. Did you notice that? And so, you know, when we do our grand rounds and that comes out like, oh, we're taking really good care of people and, and noticing from different perspectives. It's not just one provider doing it yep, all. Absolutely. So perfect. And uh, what was the kind of the hardest transition when you did go from that not having a person to hi- having, it, having it? Was it the systems and training or? So again, we hired first of off, we hired someone with a background of massage therapy. And so she was, had that kind of movement background mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like, well, what what do we want her to do? Do we just want her to put people on uh, STEM? Do we just, you know, that was kind of like, no, she can do more than that. And um, um, how much more can she do? And oh, maybe that might be too much. Or is she spending too much time with the patient where then it's running the doctor behind? And so, yeah, so making that role was really was difficult to find out are they're really that um, that roadmap for the day. They're the ones who control the schedule. They're the ones who are telling doctor where to go. Mm-hmm. Like you're in this room next and don't forget that, you know, they're having some pain in their chest and blah, blah, blah. So perfect. And then um, you guys do the FMS and SFMA stuff, right? Yes. Uh, how has it been as far as uh, the training on, on that, do you have a pretty well-developed uh, training program for preceptors that you have and and potential new rehab techs? Yes, yes. So we have that in-house, um, that manual they're able to look at and and read over, and we have all of the exercises that the doctors wants them to treat um, on video, so that they can take them home and listen to them and look at them, so that they can teach when they come back. So yeah, it's and it's still developing. I don't, I don't. Um, pretend that it's perfect. Mm -hmm. It's still always growing and we're always learning from the next tech that we hire. Like, oh, we need to include that in the system to make it even better for, you know, the patient's satisfaction. So let me ask another question. Do you think there's kind of a trust issue that some chiropractors have with delegating that out of their practice? I definitely think, yes, I do. And and then how did you, you guys overcome that? (laughs) I think a lot of that was was bouncing ideas off of each other. You know, I'm, I, I always call myself like that, that patient who, who doesn't, um, I am, I'm your patient, I'm your demographic. And if I don't understand why we're doing something one way, then we, you need to explain it to me. And so I think that that's how kind of the rehab system and, and, and tech came about. It was like, Oh, well, why? And I just kept asking why, like, why, why do we do it that way? Why do we, 
why can't she do this? And could she do this? I was actually the first one who suggested we get a rehab tech because I was the front desk and I was sick of making up time for him. Like, okay, he's five minutes behind. Well, why is he five minutes behind? It's because he's doing the rehab. And that's what he would constantly tell me is like, well, I got stuck in doing all of the rehab. And I'm like, well, we need to hire that out. And he was like, yes, but yeah. The, and we have had an associate before who has had some trust issues with the rehab technician. They would rather do it. And so I think, especially in this, the state of Missouri, where you don't get paid from the doctor doesn't get paid well to do the, yeah. it's just more business sense. Well, and I guess that that's what I bring to the relationship. Yeah. I mean, like in the state of Florida with health insurance, if you're in network, and you do the exercise, you have to spend at least eight minutes. It's a 15 minute unit, but you have to spend at least eight minutes. Right. And then you get, I think we get reimbursed like $17 and change. That's right. For, yep. for that unit. But then, you know, I know a lot of chiropractors that are spending more like 25, 30 minutes. You could probably build two units at that point. And so you could get to the 30 something, but again, that's still not a great hourly rate for what you're doing. Uh, and then in Florida, we're capped with ash with, three, I think two of the four are ash. The other one's not, but it's capped at 40. So you're getting capped anyway. So you're not really getting that second unit. So it just becomes quite a problem. And I do find a lot of chiropractors, what's happening too, is that they are getting the chiropractors in the past were not getting heavily trained in rehab. Now they are, there's so many, I mean, I, I can name out 10 different types of, you know, whether it's McKenzie or SFMA or, Obviously, you've got a lot of the other types of rehab courses out there, McGill's, and it's just so much training involved in it, DNS, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of great stuff. And so they are getting highly trained in the rehab component with it. Uh, so they feel like it's their thing to do, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't, but to getting the trust to, dege- to delegate it out to somebody and put a system around it to do it is just they're they're not making that leap and and they end up not having any way of getting out from underneath that and it really just leaves a hard uh, scenario of becoming profitable to ever hire someone it just becomes this vicious cycle <laughs> and I agree I agree yeah. and I think that that is where you know the, my coaching helps is that I can help you know give you that time to put that in place. I think a lot of doctors are like, well, how in the heck am I supposed to train, but also work full time? Like, it's just easier for me to do it. And I think that's a lot of our mentality is like, I'll just do it without having to tell someone else to ha- how to do it. But if we can get a system in place that you are comfortable with, and then someone can learn that system, then we can give that away. I'm not just saying give it away and let's see what happens. Let's see if they can teach, you know, like let's have a system in place first that they can then learn it and, and they can show you and they can be checked off in a system that you know that they've mastered it and then we can go on. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. What, what are you doing for other chiropractors and other practices? What's the name of your, your company? How, how can they contact you? Let's get all the, the nice information about that stuff. Okay, sure. So we have um, started Ignite Consulting. I have started Ignite Consulting. And it's it's really helping. It, it came from a point where 
I just noticed I was coaching in my own business, yeah. right? So I was coaching my office manager from being front desk to now being a leader. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is as one place that I can go. It also, I was coaching a lot of our associates. And so how did you learn, how do we learn the systems in our practice? I was able to walk them through that and then hold them accountable with numbers. Whereas they might not know where to find that. Mm-hmm. And I can say, Hey, you had so many new patients last week and and this, you know, how many visits you had and, and, but let's maybe check the system. Maybe it didn't work out well in, in one of these ways. Um, so yeah, it, it, it really has just evolved from what I've done in my own practice over the 10 years that I want to be helpful and inspiring to, you know, new, new docs coming in and not really knowing like, well, what's the next step? Is it hiring a rehab person or should I hire an office manager? Mm-hmm. And, you know, which would be ben- more beneficial for me. Perfect. That makes a lot of sense. And so uh, how could they get a hold of you to, to touch base on this? Because I think it's something that's uh, fully needed. <laughs> I know you and I have talked about it. I, I definitely love what you're doing. And it's a, it's a unique offering in the marketplace where a lot of chiropractors, especially ones that have a similar type of practice as yours, as mine, uh, how they could really benefit from that. So how could they reach out to you? Sure. So I have a Facebook page, Ignite Consulting, and you can book, you know, a, a first free consultation, just, you know, see if it, it would be right for you. And if we fit together and I, where I just really take a look at what's going on in your business and be able to say, okay, here's what I see I can help mm-hmm. with and then go from there. Perfect. That sounds great. I want to thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I know uh, you and I will be diving into this type of stuff even further. We'll have you on again in the near future. I love it. Thanks, Kevin, for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for tuning in today. Please be sure to check our redesigned website at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Stay up to date with our blog where content is regularly added by Kevin and guest contributors. You can also access our library of podcast episodes there. Go to www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com and subscribe to the podcast today. This is the podcastfactory.com.